0: in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home you can do this when you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit angie.com that's a n g i com
1: Welcome back to the donut racing show everybody where we bring a jumbo pickle in a pouch mindset to the cucumber sandwich eaten podium of formula 1 racing You know the catering over there at Formula One is on point. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, my favorite auto journalists and authors of Racing with Rich Energy by the book. We got Elizabeth Blackstock and Alanis King. How are you guys?
2: Hi, I'm here. It's Wednesday when you're listening to this, but we're three days behind. We're in Australia.
1: Yeah, it's all weird on this one because the race, Australian Grand Prix 2023, We'll get to it. One of the the first weird race of the season, I think. Mm-hmm. The first very entertaining race of the season. Saturday night. Very late at night for the two Texans. Not too late for myself. It I, was
3: great I, for you.
1: Well, I was actually in New Mexico, so I was on a different in a different time zone. Mm. But it was still late. I'm a morning person. I don't stay up very late, so I did have to kind of uh, hype myself up to stay up. But... Uh, Luckily, there was a lot of hijinks in this race that did hype me up.
3: So, Elizabeth and I were talking before we started recording, and she did the nap approach. So, she went to bed at 7 Mm p.m., and then she woke up at midnight for the race. Mm -hmm. I did the, if I nap, I'm going to be miserable
1: approach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: So, I just stayed up, and I decided at about 10.30 p.m., I'm going to do my taxes.
1: Oh, (laughs) I should actually do those. Uh, Just remembered. I have to do my taxes. Thank you.
3: It was rough. I'm telling you. 11 p.m. taxes on a Saturday night. Like, (laughs) that sounds like hell. Like, that's just not what you picture when you picture adulthood. But that is adulthood.
1: That is not the vibe, as they Mm -mm. say.
3: Elizabeth's asleep. I'm doing my taxes. Texas Contingent was great. (laughs) (laughs) And Nolan was on
1: vacation. I was on vacation. Me and my girlfriend... Uh, We were driving through the American Southwest. We stopped in Flagstaff out the way. We stayed with her aunt in Albuquerque. Excellent city. Shout out Albuquerque. Uh, Then we drove down to the Carlsbad Caverns, uh, which is a spectacular place. You must go. It's this huge underground cave system, big enough to hold the U.S. Capitol Building twice inside. It's okay. it is magnificent. There are tons of stalactites, stalagmites, all sorts of uh, rock formations underneath after eons of water dripping down off of these uh, roofs it's awesome.
2: I gotta I gotta think for caves honestly.
1: Uh, this isn't even like a cave is a cave right this is yeah. this is a wonder of the world with <laughs> exactly. all the formations underneath. I'm serious I've been, look I've been in lava tubes. Flagstaff has some lava tubes. pretty cool, pretty dark. But uh, formation-wise, pretty uninteresting. Anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> wow. I have an announcement for you guys.
3: Okay, Ooh. okay, tell us.
1: After uh, we we uh, ascended from the caves, because the elevator was broken, by the way. There's an elevator to get down. But there's also a one and a quarter mile hike you can do. Doesn't sound very long, but you are hiking up the height of the Empire State Building. Jesus. Uh, If you're not ready for it, it sucks. Uh, Anyway, we get out of the caves. We're about to leave. I'm with my girlfriend. And I pull out of my pocket an engagement ring and ask (gasps) her to marry me.
0: Nolan!
1: And she says, yes. Yes! Oh, that's so exciting!
2: wow <laughs> oh congrats that's such a nice spot
3: oh congratulations yeah, to you nolan kept this a secret nolan did not post this I anywhere did, yeah. he did yeah. not say anything so he could announce this yeah.
1: right now all right you, you can post it now you're good <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've been uh the news drop oh yeah. that's so cute <laughs> we've wow. been uh holding on to so that honored. for a couple days
3: thank yeah. you for including us nolan that was of so course. exciting
1: yeah uh <laughs> What I would not recommend if you're going to go to Carlsbad Caverns is bringing the ring with you in your pocket the entire time. Uh, I was very, very nerve wracking to have a a, a ring like that in your pocket. Get the
2: cargo paint with a zipper.
1: Well, yeah, that could have been a good idea.
2: For the the proposal. (laughs) Yeah,
3: it's
1: wonderful. Yeah, it was like with me the whole trip and I had to think of different ways to like hide the ring in the truck uh, and tried to make sure she didn't go into my jacket for whatever reason. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Yeah. This is so, so funny fun.
3: to me. This is so funny to me because um, when I got engaged, I picked out the ring and we bought it together. And, oh, then, yeah. we, and then we set up a tripod and we picked Oops. out the spot and then we put the timer
2: on the tripod to take
1: nice. our own <laughs> proposal photos. That's great.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I, uh, I was laying in bed and I was like, Hey, you want to get married? And my husband was like, "I." Right. So I gave him a hematite <laughs> ring off of my finger that I bought for five dollars at the occult store. That I was it.
1: There you go. Yeah, we. I mean, we designed the ring together and stuff. And she knew that like the ring was was somewhere, yes. But she did. She did not expect it at Carlsbad Caverns, which I was very that is excited so about. Yeah.
3: Wow.
1: Really great trip, obviously. I'm back. Soul Burner is back.
2: <laughs> Soul Burner is back. You listened to the episode,
3: <laughs> I Nolan. I did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, he's was, I added, was curious. He's,
2: he's engaged.
1: Yeah. No, I would listen to that show even if I wasn't on it. So.
3: We missed you. We're so glad you're back, Soul Burner. <laughs> Soul Burner is engaged. That's right. And in today's episode, <laughs> we are going to talk about the Australian Grand Prix, which Soul Burner, Nolan, referred to in our group chat as the silliest race I think I've ever watched.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: We are gonna start off with qualifying. The grid was a actual full-on Red Bull sandwich with Max Verstappen <laughs> at the very tippy top on pole and Sergio Perez out in Q1 after failing to set a time. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, but he started at the very back of the grid. Mercedes had a great qualifying with George Russell in P2 and Lewis Hamilton in P3 on the starting grid. Lewis's mortal enemy, Fernando Alonso, was set to start behind him in P4. With Ferrari's Carlo Sainz, the king of spinning into gravel, in P5, despite taking said spin in the gravel. Uh, other things to note was Alex Elbon qualifying P8, which is his best grid spot for Williams, and Nico Hulkenberg hugging that P10 placement. That's where he started every single race this year.
1: Hmm. That's consistency. That is. I wasn't able to watch qualifying. I just like had service and then saw the results and was like, huh, all right, Mercedes. They're, yeah. they're creeping up there. It was was really
2: exciting. I was like, I had good hopes for them this race. I was like, we're in Australia. We're like back. This is this is now the official start of the season. I'm forgetting the other two races. We're starting over here, and Mercedes has a shot. It's great. Yeah, I feel like the other two didn't
3: happen. I mean, we start in Australia.
1: That's where I'm (laughs) starting. (laughs) If you watch the race, you probably already know what the major story is going to be this week. But aside from the four red flags. A lot of other things happened. I thought it was an actually pretty interesting race, okay? First up, let's talk about Alpine. Pierre Gasly had a great race going on before the restart fiasco near the end. He was running P5 behind Carlos Sainz uh, pretty much the entire race. He 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 did a really great job uh, gaining positions uh, and, and holding them, I will say. And, you know, during our group chat during the race, I, I think I brought up Pierre like four or five times, I think. I'm rooting a lot for him this season. He, he's he got the juice. Uh, he If he just had a better car, I think he, he is truly world champion material, in my opinion. Uh, the dude just is always, always bringing it. It's worth noting, however, that Gasly is also very close to a race ban. He's got 10 points on his super license. He only needs two more before he has to sit out a race. Last season, he was picking up penalty points at a pretty good clip. Despite having to be a little bit more careful this season, uh, he's still he's still bringing it. However, uh, the stewards cut him some slack after the end of race collision that took both Alpines out at the end of the race, which we'll get into a little later.
2: I feel like I would respect Pierre Gasly a lot if he got a race ban. I was praying to God that he would get that out of the way at the end of last year so he could come to Alpine with a new slate. Like, why not just rack up your points? Because then they reset and then you don't have any and then you're like back in biz. But... He did not do that.
1: Could have been a real character building moment, but now he's got a more extended character building period where he has to race, get those points while also kind of walking on eggshells.
2: Now he's just going to find a race he doesn't want to go to and he's going to get penalties.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: So Yuki Sonoda finished 11th again. It's like the third straight race this season. And Alpha Tower retweeted, You've got to be joking. P11 again. But. Carlos Sainz got a penalty, and that moved mm-hmm. Yuki up to 10th, and that is points.
1: That's points so right point. there.
3: Good, point. good point. for him. Yeah,
1: that's point right there. You're that is right. point yeah. right there. You know, I'm happy for Yuki. I'm always uh, rooting for him as well. I root for all the guys. You know this. But uh, it's I like to see Yuki in the points finally this season. Well,
3: technically, they're all guys, Nolan. So which guys do you root for?
1: <laughs> my guys, guys, you know. Yuki's one of my guys, and I root okay. for him. and I'm happy to see okay. him who get that point. Okay, who are your guys, Nolan? Pierre Gasly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yuki Tsunoda.
3: Uh-huh.
1: The Ferrari boys. Okay. Uh, Lewis. Mm-hmm. Sometimes George.
2: Mm-hmm. Lando.
1: Lando, yeah. You know, I like to see Lando.
2: Multi-time boyfriend of the week winner, Lando That's Norris. True. That I is know. true.
1: He was on a good streak there. I think that th- about covers it.
2: That's yeah. like half of them, Nolan.
3: That is... It's a, a, th- a
1: third of them. Yeah.
3: You know, Nolan... Of all the people you listed, none of them have won a race this season. I know. (laughs) But Max won, and it was his first win in the Australian Grand Prix. By lap 46, he had more than 11 seconds on second place. And then he had a lockup, and he went straight into the grass. And he was still like seven seconds ahead of Lewis Hamilton. (laughs) It was
1: insane. Yeah. It was Uh
2: like you almost wonder, like, did you just do that, like, for a little bit of fun? Like, what's going on? Because, like, you're you're bored. F one scriptwriters called up on his radio, and they were like, "Hey, can you just like do a little something, something, just do, like, like not a, little a big loopy one? loop? Yeah, just a little, a little, little trip off in the grass, and then come back, and then win anyway. Yeah, make it seem interesting, give the people something to tweet about.
1: Well, I mean, it just kind of showed a little bit of a weakness for Max Verstappen, I think. One. When the man is not confident in his car, you can hear him start to get a little heated and almost start to make mistakes. Uh, I think that was a bit more apparent or a, a stronger factor when he was younger. Now that he's won twice, the maturity and experience is definitely starting to, to show obviously.
0: Mm-hmm. but
1: there's still a little hint there. you know the man can get a little heated when things aren't going exactly his way. And I think that's kind of the key the key exploit. That other teams need to uh, go after somehow in the future.
3: I think it's really interesting how different people get mad during a race. Like some people yell. And Lewis, he has like a phrase he says when he's disappointed in the team. And a phrase he says when he's disappointed at himself. And I'm pretty sure one of them is guys and one of them is man. And yeah, I can't yep, remember which is
1: which. Guys is definitely when he's you know disappointed with the team.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Guys. And then man is like yeah. disappointed in myself. Exactly. Like exactly. Intrinsic, like deep down. Ouch.
1: Yeah. We'll talk about the Mercedes boys a little later and their intricacies. Uh, but yeah, Max Verstappen heated behind the wheel, locking up those tires. I was I even told the group chat. I was like, I'm feeling a Red Bull mechanical issue right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, think we I, all was, were. I was not correct. But we still got an interesting race anyway.
2: Maybe if there weren't those red flags. Maybe. And good news, McLaren finally has some points this season. They got a whopping 12 out of this round after a horrible start to the year. So now they are fifth in the World Constructors Championship, uh, which was it was really nice to see, actually, because Oscar Piastri is now the Australian on the grid. So he got his first points at his home race, despite starting P16. And his grandma also brought like homemade desserts to the McLaren garage, which I thought was really <laughs> cute. I'm sure that probably helped. You know who could who could study
3: that? Um, Christian Horner for the budget.
1: <laughs> yeah, have, yeah, your, have Grandma get, bring him. So, <laughs> have Grandma pot, bring a potluck style uh, <laughs> catering. Yeah, you can't pay save for some catering
3: money. if Grandma is catering. So Christian, <laughs> take note, Christian. You can save some money on this. But now, I think what's really funny is McLaren had no points before this, and now they have twelve, and suddenly they're fifth. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredible.
1: There we mm-hmm. go. Let's go. Speaking of another midfield team, Alfa Romeo's Valtteri Bottas went full Aussie this weekend. He was rocking a mullet, a vest, and a mustache, but unfortunately had a pretty disappointing race. He started from pit lane due to a suspension change and was one of the two remaining drivers to finish outside the points. The only driver who ended up behind him on track was Carlos Sainz, who got a tragic penalty at the end of the race, which we will cover in just a little bit.
2: I I just want to take a moment so we can let this stat sink in. 12 drivers finished only 12 and Valtteri was 12 and you know like this season it's been so rough
3: you know kind of like Daniel Ricciardo he comes in on the horse last year at the U.S. Grand Prix and then he just kind of like <laughs> putt-putts around the whole race mm-hmm. like Valtteri we love him and he's just out there it's like last <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's he's so firmly sad. in his
2: vibes only era just vibes. It is completely vibes. Um,
1: but- I, I, th- I think what we've seen is that showmanship pre-race is usually not a good idea. Uh, no. There was the... You gotta be boring. I think 2019 German Grand Prix, Mercedes had their, like, uh, you know, Hosen uniforms. Mm-hmm. Everything was all German-themed, and then they just, like, completely fell apart. Uh, yeah. The aforementioned horse <laughs> of Daniel <laughs> Ricardo.
3: He would have been better off riding the you know horse what? on the track.
1: I think this actually is not just a, a racing lesson. I remember when I was a, a freshman in high school, uh, we played our, in football. We were playing our rivals up in Paso Robles, and we decided that we would all get our haircut, get haircuts uh, in many different fashions. I got a mohawk. Oh, uh, nice. It, one of our, our health teacher, Mr. Faree, was also the wrestling coach, and he did the haircuts in, in one of the halls of the school. My mohawk started off straight at the top of my head, but then oh, he no. gave me like a really gnarly curve down the back. It was pretty messed up looking. Um, <laughs>
2: and
1: anyway, that wasn't on
3: purpose, right? No, was, it was on was... purpose. It was on oh, purpose. Oh, okay.
1: We okay. all had hair. We were all looking like sloth from the Goonies, and we went up to Pass Robles and got our asses kicked. So theatrics before sporting <laughs> events... Not a great idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> just focus focus on the game.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. Instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's a N G I dot com.
3: Okay, let's talk about Checo's weekend. So in qualifying. They made a bunch of changes to the car due to technical issues discovered in FP3 ahead of qualifying. And then we get to qualifying and everything goes to hell. He goes off the track on like right as he goes out in qualifying and brings out a red flag. He wasn't even able to get a lap time before his elimination in Q1. Like dude is down and out, right? He claims that he had issues with the brake balance during qualifying, so the team replaced the front brake friction material ahead of the race. But, my guy, Helmet Marco, if you need to hear some drama,
2: Helmet Marco will provide it. This dude—I was going to say—go to Sky Germany after any Red Bull event that happens, and you'll mm-hmm. find some Red some Helmet Marco quotes.
3: I don't understand how Hel- the liability that Helmet Marco presents. I don't understand how that's worth keeping him around because <laughs> he just goes and he talks
2: shit about everyone. Okay.
1: For the audience, guys, who is Helmet Marco?
2: He's the he's the junior dev- development driver at Alpha Tower. Excuse me, that's what he is. So he he has a job and it's talking trash about everyone.
1: He finds the talent and tries to bring them to Red Bull, gets them yeah. onto Red Bull, and makes sure that they they. That they're up to snuff for the team.
3: Helmet Marco's job is to talk about everyone and just start drama. And so there were some comments to Sky Germany from Helmet who said that Sergio already had problems with the engine settings in FP3. I think that made him uncertain and that's why he slipped. And he was like talking about Sergio's like confidence and like uncertainty and all this stuff. And it's just like, man. He just goes out and says stuff,
2: doesn't he?
1: He's messy and he lives for drama.
2: The first and third practice sessions were both at a reasonable pre-bed hour for me. Uh so mm-hmm. I would I watched those surprisingly. And like he did have issues the whole weekend. Like it wasn't like this was just something that happened and they made it up. Like he had actual legitimate problems with the car. And s- somehow this is his confidence? I don't think so. I just love the fact that like Everything that goes on at Red Bull has
3: so many undertones, and they're just like, everybody is after each other and like saying stuff about each other. I love it, I think it's beautiful. Um, That's the kind of entertainment I need. So Checo didn't set a lap time during qualifying, so he had to start at the back of the grid. Red Bull, because of that, decided to take the opportunity to replace his energy store and control electronics. That's the third he has taken this season, and only two are allowed. Wow. Because of that, he was forced to start from pit lane. Dang. So if you're going to start at the back anyway, you might as well start on pit lane, especially when there are going to be a bunch of red flags, right?
1: Mm, mm-hmm. Maybe. They knew. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they knew. it's a very uh it's a very I uh I racing rookie move. Oh, just start from the pit lane so you don't you just get those safety points, get that yeah. safety rating, <laughs> mm-hmm. avoid the incidents. Uh mm-hmm. little side tip that's not the best way to learn how to race. Anyway, Poor Sergio having to start from the back, but as we saw, or we'll see, he made a little climb through that field, didn't he?
3: Yeah, he did, but you know, he kind of had a slow start. I was very surprised for the first like handful of laps that he didn't get further up. Of course, when you start from the pit lane, you're like way behind the pack, right? But even after the restarts, he was kind of in the same position for a while. So, field goes behind the safety car for lap two, um, because... Charles Claire is off in the gravel. He is done. He is out of the car. Safety car is out. Elizabeth just did like a little cross. Um, mm-hmm. That was beautiful. <laughs> um, Checo was 18th ahead of Valtteri and Charlotte, Claire, whose car is at this point beached. Um, the race restarts on lap four. And by the time the next safety car came out, which was lap seven, <laughs> uh, he was in 15th. So the safety car comes out on lap seven for Alex Albon. Checo gains one spot, passing Albon's parked car to put him in 15th. By lap 14th, he was still there. So, like, he's hanging around P15 for a long time, right? But by lap 21, he's up to 12th. Okay, we're we're moving, we're moving. Two laps later, he's back in the points. So, we're doing all right. By took lap 21
1: 43th. laps, almost, eh, mm-hmm. not quite halfway through the race, but pretty far in. To get pretty far in, he's yeah.
3: in the points, you know, which... He had some help with the safety cars and all the red flags and everything that happened, but still commendable. By lap 43, he's in eighth. Two laps later, he's in seventh. We are moving. And after everything, after uh, Carlos signs his penalty, he ends P5, which I really thought about 10 laps into this race, I was like, there's no way Checo makes it up to fifth. Like He's just not picking people off fast enough. I didn't think he was picking people off fast enough at the beginning of the race. Like, it was slow moving, but he really picked up in that back half of the race, and Mm -hmm. it was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly Red Bull was hoping that he'd at least be able to get to the podium. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think if I was Christian Horner, I'd still consider that a a failure, Um, but still, in the grand scheme of things, pretty impressive.
3: Don't give Christian any ideas. (laughs) I mean... (laughs)
1: It's Red Bull the messiest not messiest but the 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 most demanding probably team to be on right now. You got Daniel Ricardo waiting in the waiting in the wings. He's
3: waiting just to like yeah. jump in there.
1: Yeah, he you know the the dedicated understudy that he is right now. Uh he's ready to take that lead role. Sorry, we listen to a lot of musicals also on our <laughs> on our drive so I'm in full like theater kid mindset at the moment. Uh but yeah, he's ready to take that role over. He's ready to be Elder Armstrong in the uh, Book of Mormon.
3: Speaking of Daniel Ricciardo, have we noticed the very obvious PR push on Daniel that started this weekend with the Australian Grand Prix? Like he's everywhere,
2: like Mm -hmm. more so than he has been the rest of the year. He was everywhere. I was like, is this race?" Well, if it continues, that's when I think we'll really notice it being like a, a coordinated effort. It does make sense. It's like kind of organic that it would start this weekend. That's true. It was still just like mm, I would be feeling really uncomfortable if I'm Checo. I like that they just like <laughs> they hired him as a show pony for a little while, just trot him out and mm-hmm. like look at my beautiful son. And during,
3: uh, it was either during qualifying or the race, or at some point they like pan the camera to him in the garage, and he like smiles, and everybody just screams. Yeah. The crowd nice goes and wild, in the crowd. and I was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs>
1: So let's talk about Mercedes, okay? We had some excellent action from the team on lap one. I, I re-watched the highlight reel this morning, and, man, lap one was awesome. You had George in P2 and Lewis in P3 uh, rearing up to pass Max Verstappen. Uh, George actually got ahead of Max at turn one of the race. It was an excellent pass by George, very aggressive. I think Max was playing it kind of safe. I think maybe he might have been a little worried That George would uh, give him some contact into turn one. Uh, But man, awesome stuff from George.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: This start, I was very surprised at how Max performed on the very start of the race. Like he just kind of sunk back into the Mercedes claws which you don't usually like you don't usually see that in this era of Formula 1. It's usually no. Max just mm-hmm. takes off and goes. And it was very interesting.
1: So far this season, we haven't seen the best starts from Max. Mm-hmm. Uh something about getting that Red Bull off the line is pretty it's pretty tricky for Max Verstappen. Lewis also passed Max with another awesome pass on the inside. Very daring maneuver, if you ask me. It was pretty close and Max did have to go a little wide. Which he did complain about to his uh, race engineers, but it was a clean pass. There was no contact. It was very close, though. That first sector of Australia, I didn't really get to talk about this in our track walk because uh, I was not there for that. This track, Australia, is deceptively difficult to navigate, and my only evidence for that is all the F1 that I've played in the past. And <laughs> I actually, this track is really hard. Sector one is really hard, especially on starts and when you're in a in a big group like this. Uh, it's a lot tighter than it looks, and the turns are. There's just a lot of almost 90 degree turns on this track. It's pretty difficult. And it always surprises me how well these drivers are able to navigate these uh, under such high pressure and make passes like the ones that George and Lewis did. By lap seven, uh, Lewis is on Russell's tail. And Russell says to his uh, engineer, hey, mate. You're asking me to manage and I'm being by my own teammate. After Lewis uh, is using DRS to get closer. So yeah, kind of the same uh, dynamic we saw last race with Sergio ahead of Max. And getting some conflicting team orders between the two drivers. If you're in George's position at this moment, you're maybe kind of second-guessing whether or not your team wants you to win the race over Lewis.
3: I think this was a weird position, though, because Max was kind of right behind Lewis, too. So there was no real option for Lewis to back off. Because if he backs off, Max passes him very easily. Here's my question. If Mercedes were actually good... Do we think this would be a very, like, Lewis, Nico, 2016, mo- like, vibe? Yes,
1: yes, definitely. Yeah. If
3: Mercedes was good. Because the thing is that the bar is a lot lower. Like, the stress is a lot lower because they are not competing for a title. They are just kind of, like, dude do mm-hmm. hanging out. Um, But if they were competing for a title and this car was good, this would be rough.
1: Yes, especially rough for George, I think, because Mm -hmm. Lewis has already Mm -hmm. been in this position before, battling a good teammate, Uh, losing to the the teammate, but forcing Mm -hmm. that teammate to retire after he wins that championship (laughs) as well. Uh, Maybe not forcing, but you get the idea. Um, I don't know. It would be incredibly, incredibly uh, fun to watch. George also has the juice. Uh, This guy is also a future world champion, given the right equipment. So I, you know, maybe... Maybe instead of going for the world championship, uh the battle for second place uh mm-hmm. heats up a lot. We'll see. I mean, this Red Bull is so good. We do, I, 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 I just don't really see it happening this year already, unfortunately. What was it you said in the first episode of that the rate the season is usually settled by halfway through race 3? Is yes, that what you said? That's
3: exactly it. And I think we, uh
1: you're you're dead on.
3: Yeah, the, <laughs> this is just how it happens. <laughs> not only not only because that's how Formula 1 works because we have this like difference in equipment and all of this But also Formula One teams and drivers really settle into their roles. I I do think public opinion Mm -hmm. on Mattia Bonotto was one of the reasons he was out at Ferrari. Like, sure, Ferrari had all these issues, but Ferrari still has all of these issues with Mattia Bonotto gone. Everyone just kind of settles into the public opinion. And the public opinion is Red Bull is good. Mercedes is slow. Ferrari is unreliable. And then that becomes the tale for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm.
1: So with Russell in the lead... Uh, a safety car comes out on lap seven. Russell comes into pit, uh, which then puts him in P7 because everyone passes him. And then red flag comes out, leaving him in that position. Uh, definitely a mistake on Mercedes's part. But, you know, sometimes you're, you're not really certain what's going to happen. Uh, Toto Wolff, after the red flag, sends a message to George. Sorry, George. That, that screwed us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The red flag was great for Lewis, though, because he got to start uh, at the front, although Verstappen was right behind him in P2. He gets that free pit stop under the red flag condition, which is something we'll talk about in a bit, and was able to change his front and was also able to change his front wing out thanks to the red flag rules. So he was a little worried about damage to his front wing. There might have been a little bit of contact when he passed Verstappen, but because of the red flag, he's able to change that out and uh, start from scratch, basically. After the race restarts uh, on lap seven, Verstappen and Hamilton have a pretty sweet battle for the lead for about five laps until Max is able to get close enough in sector two to utilize his DRS, Mm. his overpowered DRS, mind you, the most powerful DRS on the grid right now slips into that first position. And a lap later, he's already (laughs) leading by two seconds on Hamilton.
3: Disgusting. It was really funny when this happened, because obviously, like a lot of my friends live in the United States and we're... It's one o'clock in the morning at this point. And once Max takes the lead, everybody's uh-huh. like, Good night. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just went to bed.
1: I mean, man, I know that it seems like the season might be over at this point, And functionally it might be. But it's moments like these this, these five laps where they're battling super hard that mm-hmm. I think it's important for you watching to really savor those moments. Cause right now, I mean, Lewis, uh, Seven-time world champion, in my opinion, the GOAT. He has the most wins, after all. Mm -hmm. Um, Battling, basically, Hamilton V2, right? Another Uh young superstar Mm -hmm. who's on his own way to just racking up world titles. I mean, that's pretty freaking cool, you know? It's the
2: passing of the torch. And also (laughs) Fernando Alonso.
1: Yeah, and Fernando... Another guy who has the juice, by the way, I think he could still win a title. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, savor it, guys. Like, this is pretty cool, especially with Aston Martin in the mix like that. By lap 17, unfortunately, we see the flaming car of George Russell. Uh, a lot of uh, flames spurting out that exhaust. Pretty sad. That was a rough one to watch. He He's able so- to get out of the car safely. This causes another virtual safety car.
3: Oh. So I'm sitting here watching this race, and my husband has been asleep for about three hours, right? He, he is out. He wakes up. He sees George Russell's car on fire, and he goes, Ricky Bobby, you're on fire.
2: <laughs> and then he goes
3: back to sleep. <laughs> he just went right back to sleep. It's all you needed.
1: Impactable timing. By lap 20, Hamilton is complaining about his tires. Quote, Alonzo is pretty quick. I don't know if these tires will make it to the end. They were having a great battle as well. By lap 33, the hard tires on Hamilton's car do seem to be degrading more than usual because of the warm weather down there Dan, under. Hamilton's mm-hmm. race engineer tells him, quote, Fernando's trying to push you to use your tires. Don't fall for it. And lap 41, Lewis comes on the radio to say, there's no way I'm losing out to him regarding Alonzo. Great battle between these two uh, for the rest of the race. I loved it. You could savor it both directions, right? You got Hamilton versus Max. Uh once that's over then then you switch over to Hamilton versus Alonso. It's it's an amazing it's awesome. You couldn't write it is what I'm trying to say. This season is something we are seeing something special bubbling up this season. Maybe not for the championship fight, but for second place. You know. It's wrong. pretty exciting.
3: I forget how old Lewis is. Like in terms of a Formula 1 driver, he's obviously not old, but he's, he's over the 38. 30. He's 38. He's over the Formula One hill. And so we just have Max versus Lewis, like the older guy versus the young kid. And then we go to we go to Lewis versus Fernando. And it's just like the two old dudes
2: going at it. The old guy versus the elderly.
1: (laughs) This is like something that happens in like the fourth film of the franchise. Right. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I got to fight this young guy. But I also have to fight my rival from the first Mm -hmm. movie at the same time. You (laughs) know, this is crazy. Like, it's really, like, dawning on me right now how cool this is. This is awesome. The bad guy from the first movie. No, and the bad guy found- from the third movie.
3: Nolan has found <laughs> At the same wonderful time. light in a season where Red Bull is going to run away with everything. Nolan has found it. I Nolan have. is good. He is entertained.
1: This is awesome. And then his British young, like, protege beneath them also. Yeah,
3: freaking George Russell over Uh, there like, can you tell my teammate to stop attacking me? Yes. (laughs)
1: Sure. Uh, This is good. We'll work on that, George. This is good stuff. This is, okay, (laughs) this is great. Let's talk about what we've kind of been alluding to the whole time. Liz?
2: The red flags. (laughs) We saw a lot this race, but if there is one thing we saw more than anything else, it was every flag but the green flag. (laughs)
0: We <laughs> had plenty
2: of yellows, we had plenty of virtual safety cars, but this race also saw a record setting three to four red flags, and I say three to four because I am not convinced that fourth one counts. We'll get yeah. to that. We're in the we're in a position where we're debating the relative existence of a red flag, which and the relative existence of a lap. Exactly. And I think this mm-hmm. makes it the most NASCAR Formula One race of all time. I completely agree. Let's start this at the beginning. Let's set the scene. Mm-hmm. Charles Leclerc started P7 after very, it was, it was a really disappointing weekend. It was garbage. Uh, and then he immediately spins off in turn three after a love tap from Lance Stroll on the first lap. It was bad news. How bears. do you feel about this as a Lance Stroll fan? Uh, as a Lance Stroll fan,
3: freaking good. Send him. Okay. Okay. Wow. In
2: front. Do whatever you got to do. Elizabeth, you're going to make some people mad with that one. Good, good. Okay, <laughs> all right. I, that that spin brought out our first full safety car and set the tone for the rest of this very shenanigans-filled oh, race. Yeah. Uh, it restarted on lap four, but the green flag lasted maybe three laps. Uh, Alex Albon in the Williams was running so well, he had moved up to P6. When he went off track on lap seven... Uh, Formula One's lap-by-lap analysis said that he lost it on corner entry heading into turn seven. Uh, his rear tires let go, and then he spun off the track into the barriers. The big thing for us viewers at home was that he kicked up so much gravel onto the road that F1 decided to throw a red flag to clean it up. They also were double-checking the barriers, but, like, mostly it was just the fact that the road was dirty, I probably could have swept that up in like 30 seconds by the time the cars got around. It didn't seem like we needed a red flag, but we got one. This is what kind of kicked off the whole George Russell problems with his strategy because George had just pitted. Now suddenly, red flag, everyone gets to pit, everyone gets to stop, everyone gets to do just start over. Strategy, throw it out the window. You can get new tires. You can get work on your car. I was annoyed. (laughs) Okay, tell me more. I want to know more. You need to call the flag right away if you are having that. Like you call the virtual safety car and now suddenly everyone's pitting. And if you're going to allow changes in the red flag period, you can't let people pit first yeah. and then let everyone else pit afterward. It's a Formula One rule that I adamantly disagree with. And I think that if they wanted to do something about it, they could find a way to like let you work on the car After the safety, like after you start lapping again, maybe, but I think it's dumb.
3: I feel like I agree, but also I take the side of, you know what the rules are and that you operate within those Mm -hmm. rules and you have to anticipate that like some dumb stuff is going to happen. So I was talking to an Ask driver about this one time and like how they feel about the current championship format, which... It used to be you collect points over thirty-six races, and the person with the most points wins. Now it's you do eliminations and blah blah blah, it's and you so go into the final stupid. race. I
1: hate it. It's so yeah.
3: Good. You go into the final race, and there are four drivers, and the one who finishes first wins the championship. And I was like, I mean, doesn't it feel less legitimate to win a championship like that? And they were like, the person who wins the championship wins the championship within that set of rules. Mm-hmm. So you go into the season knowing what the rules are. And that is how you operate. And if you are the best within those rules, it is a legitimate championship and it is just like any other championship. And I was like, that's so fascinating. So what I think of this rule, sure, it kind of sucks, but also all the teams and all the drivers know the rules. And at the end of the day, in any racing series, you're at a disadvantage when you are in front because you have to make the decision before everybody else and also before chronologically something happens and sometimes that risk works and sometimes it doesn't
2: and it's kind of like mario kart it just levels the field i mean i guess but i think in this particular instance especially when you're just seeing gravel on the track like it doesn't trigger this thought of we have to do something drastic Mm -hmm. about this like Every, I feel like almost anywhere else they would have swept it up and it would have been fine. Or the, there, there appeared to be enough space for the cars to drive around it without accumulating any debris. But that's not my call to make. And I will have more to say about this in my Boyfriend of the Week selection. Oh, wow. But, yes, for the moment, the lineup at the restart was Hamilton, Verstappen, Alonso, Stroll, and Gasly in the top five. Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri were down in the last two of the top 10 positions, which was pretty great. Uh, And it was a standing restart, which I am. I was here for that, actually. I love that. I love a good standing restart. And almost everyone opted for hard tires because they could, you know, the thought was like, we're far enough along in this race that we don't have to pit again. Well, lo and behold, (laughs) we find out what happened then. Uh, Since Hamilton was restarting first, Max kind of complained that Hamilton did not stay 10 car lengths behind the safety car, did not result in anything, but I think it's really funny that we, we have Max being upset about Lewis doing anything because he's not leading. And there was also a lot of chaos in the rear of the field that I don't think I'd noticed until I saw replays of this later, but like multiple people slowed down too fast and multiple people were like flying up the back. So they had to take evasive action into the gravel, and they still restarted with no product. <laughs> they just sent it and decided we're going to do the restart anyway. Uh, Hamilton led, but that only lasted until DRS was enabled, at which point Verstappen just flashed by him like nobody's business. Gone, And that was that. <laughs> uh, after getting screwed over by that red flag, George Russell had moved back up to fifth place. While well, poor old Nick DeVries dropped to P17 after restarting 12th because he and Esteban Ocon touched.
1: Yeah, that's pretty weird. He got like kind of he almost spun in the same exact area that Charles Leclerc did. Almost had the same outcome.
2: Thankfully, it didn't happen. But my goodness, after that, we talked about the safety car that we got due to George Russell's car fire. After which the race like seemed to be progressing in a respectable fashion. It was fine, yeah. Yeah, it was a race, like it was it was a normal F one race. And then Kevin Magnuson clipped the wall on lap fifty four, and straight up the force of that impact ripped the rubber off the tire. It's insane and actually
1: to watch that. It was nuts. Yeah.
2: That's a that's a big hit.
1: Yeah, you can watch the angle. It's actually on the, the official F one uh, uh, highlight video for this race. Um, the rear angle or the rear viewing angle of the camera you see it happen like he smacks the wall and then the tire just like not the wheel the tire itself yeah comes off the wheel and flies like 30 feet in the air luckily nothing bad happened it flies in the air comes back down on the track uh pretty spectacular um yeah pretty crazy there wasn't more damage to his car
2: I know. And I I think I actually read this morning on motorsport.com that a fan got injured somehow by some of the debris that flew off the car. Like, not seriously, I don't believe um, in any way that, like, you would worry about their health. But, like, someone did actually get hurt in that. Uh, All the debris flew everywhere. So you guess what happened next? We got a red flag. I just completely
3: forgot about the Magnuson thing. Like, it was so late at night. (laughs) I forgot
2: that Kevin just, Magnuson caused I just that. remember, like, the flag happened. That was what I remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I woke up compl- again. I was like, let's f-
2: go.
3: Like, <laughs> I was so excited. The thing I remember most vividly is I I hate when people use cliches on race broadcasts and they were like, this is a game of chess at 200 miles an hour. And I'm like, God, <laughs> Obviously, it's not. Stop. They're stopped in the pits they they're not moving and then quite literally the next day in the NASCAR race this is a game of chess at 200 miles I'm like oh <laughs> I am so done with this you know what this is this is politics at 200 miles this an hour this is part hour. cheesy okay, yes we have max <laughs> verstappen over the radio complaining about random things we have george russell like tell mm-hmm. lewis not to not to drive yeah, so fast yeah. like it's politics at 200 miles an hour stop saying chess everybody says chess say something else anyway Kevin yeah. Magnussen, he hit the wall. This I completely. This is Uno at
1: 100 miles an hour.
2: <laughs> I'm slapping the reverse card.
1: <laughs> this is Connect Four. Yeah. <laughs> this
2: is Connect Four.
1: <laughs> it is actually more like Connect Four, I think, than chess. There's no en passant. So
2: we we had this red flag fly, and the drivers. Immediately get on the horn and they are having a time. What the
0: f- do you mean, flag?
2: Fernando Alonso, all caps just yelling, What? And a Hamilton asking, Bless his heart,
3: Will they restart this?
2: Oh, honey, you got a big storm coming. So we yeah. got some folks get some soft, fresh tires to head out for this last little stint if they restart, which they did. Piastri was P11 before the restart, and he was fighting for his first points. He was also one of the ones who got that that tire change. Once again, it was a standing restart after a safety car lap, which essentially just left like a lap of racing with no DRS. Seems like a good finish. Seems good. Yeah. It was not. It was not good because we still had more to go. Mm
1: -hmm,
2: (laughs) mm -hmm. On the restart... Carlos Sainz booped Fernando Alonso, and Alonso spun, which meant that Perez dipped into the gravel trap to avoid contact, and then Gasly clipped out contract to avoid the collision, which led both Alpines to hit the wall, and they were done. The carnage also meant that both Aston Martins had fallen out of the points, both Alpines had wrecked, and Logan Sargent had smacked into the back of Nick DeVries. Both of those cars were out as well.
1: Yeah, so I think his crash in particular kind of highlights why the everything else kind of fell apart in the first place uh you see that the t cam from his angle as he's going down the track and smashes into the the car in front of him the sun is like in their eyes and they mentioned this on the broadcast that normally that the the race doesn't go this late and uh because of that the sun is like setting and like it's like parallel Mm -hmm. with the track now so you're just getting blasted with the sun when you're going into turn one not optimal wow. for racing Listen, drivers.
3: If you can't feel the wind and drive with your eyes closed, you don't deserve <laughs> wow. to win the race. Yeah. You don't deserve to win the race. You got to drive okay? by
1: feel. Yeah.
3: You got to feel the air. You got to feel the cars around you. If you can't do that, that's too bad.
1: But yeah, pretty embarrassing uh, mistake yeah. for the rookie Logan Sergeant.
3: Yeah. Extremely. And then this leads us to this really weird time
2: where everybody's kind of guessing and speculating what's going to happen it Mm -hmm. it was the litigation period Mm -hmm. what happened was the flag fell so soon after the restart that the FIA had no idea exactly how that they were going to classify the order of the cars normally if the we didn't even know if the race was going to be restarted honestly we had one like one lap to go Normally in this situation, after a restart, you would classify them based on the order at the last timing. So that would be the end of sector one. Well, like, did they hit sector one? Did they not hit sector one? No one was really sure. Definitely not all the cars hit sector one. So it was a matter of like who did and what counts. And it wasn't clear whether it would even be restarted. So the FIA's decision at that point could either determine the restart order or the finishing order, or both, probably both, which which meant that there were so many different possibilities about the way that this race could go and end with literally like, the racing's done. We're done. Mm -hmm. Even if the cars go back on track, the racing part is over. We are now just basically deciding what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're basically deciding the
3: finishing order. So everyone... We're just having this period of time where everyone's like, what's going to happen? What's going on? Everybody's wondering, is Nico Hulkenberg going to get a podium? This would be the funniest yeah. possible way for Nico Hulkenberg to get a podium because, of course, not only do we have the the order at the time mm-hmm. of the safety car, the red flag, whatever, we also have the potential restart order and we also have the potential penalties. Mm-hmm. So here we are. We come down pit lane. We're chilling. And the technical order at this point as we understand it, is Max Verstappen in front, Lewis Hamilton in second, Carlos Sainz in third, and Nico Hulkenberg in fourth. This is mm-hmm. after all the carnage, right? And then we get word that, oh, we, we're we probably going to penalize Carlos Sainz with a five-second penalty. If this order stays, a five-second penalty would put Carlos Sainz behind Nico Hulkenberg. And mm-hmm. Nico Hulkenberg, who has never gotten a podium and is most famous for never getting a podium is maybe going to get a podium in the weirdest way possible. So everybody's freaking out, like, our group chats are going wild, the internet's going wild, if they're still
2: awake, you know? Yeah. And then we find out that this is not what we're doing. Nope. We are restarting based on the starting order of the previous restart, minus the cars that had crashed. But I had such a problem with this, because we're not restarting, because we're just doing a parade lap. A perfunctory parade lap because there is not enough time to do a safety car lap and then restart the cars. Mm-hmm. On Sky, they had this hilarious discussion about, like, why they actually had to go with the restart motions and drive the cars back out on the track because the FIA had already decided the finishing order. And ultimately, like, the final consensus was, well, because you just got to finish the race. That was <laughs> got to finish the race. That was it. Like, it. You got- that was the only way You got to get the cars back out there and do a safety car lap, like... I was so what? frustrated by this, though, because the FIA essentially decided that the previous restart was discounted, and they were restarting oops, they were restarting the restart, but then, like, all of the cars had crashed, so what happened then? Like, what are you supposed to do with all the people who are out? And also, now Carlos Sainz has a penalty because of what happened on the restart that we're not taking into account anymore.
3: Yeah, so this is really interesting because all these cars are out, so where they were, that's just gone. Because if you can't make the lap, then you don't finish, which was very interesting because I was like, oh, I wonder if anybody's gonna have a mechanical issue on the parade lap, and then they're gonna lose their spot too. Like, it was a whole thing. If you couldn't do the parade lap, then you were done. So Carlos Sainz gets this penalty for the collision, and he is informed of this penalty.
1: We have five seconds penalty. No, it cannot be Ricky. Do I deserve to be out of the points? No.
0: No. Yeah. It's unacceptable. Tell them it is unacceptable. They need to wait until the race is finished and discuss with me. Please, ask them, please, 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 please to wait, to wait and discuss with me. They... Clearly, the penalty is not deserved. It's too severe.
3: It honestly felt like watching a Shakespearean play. Like, the the pacing at which he talks is so, like, scripted feeling, and it's just so sad. And so his team radios
2: back, and they go, copy. (laughs) (laughs) Copy. (laughs) We know you're having a breakdown, but we're not going to do anything about it. Copy. Copy
3: copy. And like you're seeing him in the car and he has his hands in his like his face in his hands and he's like, "No! No! No! No!" And so they say copy and he goes, "No! Please! Please, 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 please! Please ask them to wait and discuss it with me. Clearly this penalty is not deserved. It is too severe."
2: Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Wow. And That's it awful. is <laughs> and it is. And you know why? Because it's a 5 second penalty and they're not going to finish they're, they're all gonna finish in a little bunch they're all gonna finish in like the same
3: five seconds so he's gonna finish last of all the cars on track like it's it not was horrible. a real five seconds
1: it should have been just like a place penalty or something you know honestly like like a, a starting
2: place penalty for the next race something else something, something. like because the we seconds decide that you drop same. down to 10th i don't know it was
3: yeah. yes it, it was, was pretty awful.
1: pretty harsh Yes, um,
3: because, watch. you know, if you if you lost five seconds in a normal, like, race interval, yeah. maybe you lose, like, one or two positions, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe none. But he went all the way down to 12th, which was the last of the cars that finished the race, because only 12 cars finished the race. And, like, I get it. And it's also weird, because here we are saying, oh, no, this restart didn't happen. We're reverting to before it happened, but also we're going to penalize Carlos, which, like, in theory, I get it. Like, it happened, but the... The
2: order didn't happen, but also yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Very> <laughs> I didn't get it. It I was mean, this was not the time, I don't think, to do the penalizing. The time to do the yeah. penalizing was waiting until after the race, discussing what happened, and then issuing a penalty for the next race in Baku.
3: Yeah, I agree. It was it was too weird.
2: But the, the weirdness wasn't over. No, 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 no. Is Nico Hulkenberg gonna get a podium? What's gonna happen? No. Nico did not. He restarted in seventh. Ouch. We get back. We're doing this little parade lap. And there was one final FU red flag at the end. Uh, when Nico Hulkenberg <laughs> himself drove, he broke down at turn two. But he still got to keep his seventh place finish despite the fact that he stopped and brought out a, a, a red flag. Did not even count? I'm not sure that one counted. I don't know what to think about that one.
1: Just a, a a messy race. Was, um, a
2: I lot.
1: I after after sleeping on it a couple of days and and being back in this in the stew, which is what I call my bedroom with my microphone. Um, <laughs> I think they should have restarted again for that last lap. Uh, they should have.
3: They should have gotten NASCAR. Yeah, on it.
1: they. I mean, Over time. they already they, they already looked like idiots anyway. Just lean into it. Yeah, Seriously they, though.
2: They really Seriously. did. Say. But, they looked really stupid. I mean, you're not wrong at all.
1: That was the entire consensus online not saying that uh the you know, online is always right, but like everybody already thought the FI looked stupid and I I thought it was embarrassing for them anyway. I was like, this is this is a clown show. But yeah. lean into it and give us yes. an exciting result instead of like this yes. weird confusing thing where people are getting penalized and we're doing this lap again like it should have finished under a checkered flag. At speed. Yes. Uh, if you're going to... Because, look, they were already trying to give people... If you're people,
2: not going to finish under a yellow, then you can't just, like, red flag it and try to make it green yeah. again and then have it mm-hmm. red flagged again. Like, you have to commit fully to it.
1: With that first restart, they were trying to give us that entertainment product and then mm-hmm. got too scared and embarrassed and tried to do the proper, like... Uh, Federation Internationale Automobile Kind of like thing The responsible thing to do But It was too late for me Just do it They should have done it again I think a couple more people Would have crashed out Probably
3: It didn't count So we're gonna roll the laps back Again Added laps just overtime. Just NASCAR overtime. It, it was no, like three
2: o'clock. When, it, when Formula E has a long safety car period or a red flag, they add laps to the end of their race. I don't understand yep. why we can't do it. It's another FI certified series. It's a top tier motorsport. Just give I us mean, five more. Yeah, I do
3: think you see the downside of this, how this can go wrong in the eyes of a lot of viewers. Like we saw NASCAR at Coda. They had like. Four yeah. overtimes I, and they keep extending the race. And it was almost and 10% like, of the race was, it was like like almost the 10% EA, of the yeah. race
2: laps were like redone at the end.
3: Yes. And like you're everybody's just like ended already, ended already, ended already. But the other side of that is the extreme side where we go, nope, it's over. And all the rules are murky anyway, and no one knows what's going on. It's...
1: I understand. Okay, like, look, obviously, I, I get why they did it the safe way. It was more, It like, more, more equipment was saved from harm, and uh, it was a safe bet. But I don't know. I I, I wanted we to see that. get a month them.
2: until the next race. Yes. Just crash them.
1: Yeah. Just crash
2: them. <laughs> I totally <laughs> agree. That time. Just
3: crash them. 100%. Just crash
1: them. All right, well... That's the end of the race.
3: To sum it up, up, the podium was Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, and Fernando Alonso. Because we went back to that order from Mm -hmm. before the restart, and we put Fernando back up there, and then we penalized Carlos. And yeah, so Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, and Fernando Alonso. After that, we have Carlos Sainz's five-second penalty, so he's all the way at the back. Lance Stroll is in fourth. Sergio Perez is in fifth. Lando Norris, then Nico Hulkenberg, then Oscar Piastri. First points. Wow. All right. Joe Guan Yu and Yuki Tsunoda, they they finished out the points. Then we have Valtteri, and then we have Carlos, and that is 12 drivers because only 12 drivers finished the race.
2: The only redeemable quality of the day for most of us, at least for me, was fastest lap and driver of the day went to Sergio Perez.
0: After he reached
2: P5, despite starting on the pit lane, I thought that was a pretty good performance. Like He did have a slow start, but all things considered, he did well to avoid the chaos. He was like in the throes of it almost every single time they had a restart. This man did fine. Mm -hmm. Our DNFs, get ready. Get ready for our list. (laughs) Charles Leclerc, Alex Albon, George Russell, Kevin Magnussen, Logan Sargent, Nick DeVries, our beautiful Stebby Ocon, and Pierre Gasly. Mm, it's yes. debbie <sighs> that was so sad
3: wow
1: that was awful that was so, so taken out yeah. by your
2: own teammate
1: that sucks mm. yeah Mm-mm-mm. oh and uh, uh honorable mention to uh otmar schnafnauer getting a lot of airtime this weekend and then dude they had <laughs> they put him on the spot with an interview right after the crash <laughs> and like, that was so funny otmar is so like polite and like i think just an optimist that He's like trying to really not sound incredibly pissed off about his drivers <laughs> crashing each other out. Oh, it was so funny. But it was it just so sucked. good. That was, yeah, that was pretty incredible. Going forward after this race, we've got a few weeks, unfortunately, until the next race. The teams will have time to recollect and rebuild their cars. Uh, before and hopefully, our next the round FIA has time
2: to sit down and think.
1: Yeah, that too. Jeez. Have a long,
2: hard think about yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Go think about what you did, FIA. <laughs> All right. Go think about that. It's time for the boyfriend of the week. (laughs) You know how it goes. This is our chance to tell you who's the best, in our opinion. This is middle school rules. Our relationships don't last that long in middle school. So this is only Mm -hmm. for the week. Who's good enough to be our boyfriend this week? I will round it off, okay? Or not round it off. I will start us off here. Start it off. My boyfriend of the week is Supervisor George Russell. Uh, who we got to see during that red flag period near the end, he had already been out of the race for a few laps now. He's changed into his casual clothes, but he posts up right next to the Red Bull of Max Verstappen. He's taking a good hard look at that car, just keeping Mm. an eye on things, making sure those mechanics are just you know tightening those bolts, polishing things off. It was so funny to see George do this. He got a lot of screen time, uh, in his supervisor role. Uh, the foreman. Uh, George Russell, we'll call him. Uh, it was so funny. I loved it. He had his little sunglasses on. I really, I really became a big fan of George this weekend. I, I mean, he's he's an on and off guy of mine, but like, I, I, he was so funny. He was in rare form this weekend. I loved it. He really was. Um, he you was know,
3: great. you know what was the funniest part of George Russell this weekend? He's out of the race, right? And he logs on Twitter and he tweets, <laughs> "When it's not your day, it's not your day." Hey. And then someone quote tweets it with a photo of Will Buxton on Drive to Survive.
1: <laughs> That's like, yeah. You get a
2: wild thing to say after you just climbed out of your fiery car. <laughs> what an understatement.
3: The joke with Will Buxton, of course, is that on Drive to Survive, he'll say, when you qualify last, you start last in the race. And he just like repeats yeah. himself. He's a
1: big fan of circular logic. Um Drivers, I think, have such a weird way of, uh, they're not very online, I think, Uh, but that is like the the race car driver way of saying, it is what it is, you know?
2: It It is what it is. It be what it do.
1: Yeah. So anyway, George Russell, Boyfriend of the Week for me. Uh, Who wants to go next?
2: My Boyfriend of the Week this week is the ghost of Charlie Whiting, who I am sure is ruling in his grave. (laughs) <laughs> if you are newer to F1, Charlie Whiting was the F1 race director for absolute ages, and he died kind of surprisingly just before the 2019 Australian Grand Prix. There was still chaos. Was it that long under long Whiting's ago motorsport? It was that long. We're pandemic. Ago. 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 Wow. Yeah. So Whiting died. We it's not been the same since then. There was still chaos under his rule but his presence guaranteed a consistent enforcement of rules and in a consistent interpretation of the FIA rule book that at least we could all rely upon. And when he said things, I was like, I believe you, sir. You have the weight, the authority, like you carry yourself with a confidence that I trust. I do Mm -hmm. not have the same trust in anyone else at all. Michael Massey, throw him away. Whoever was at the race this weekend, throw them away. We don't need any of these people. What a dare ter- Like what a what a race! What a yeah. f- freaking! I it was had rough. to stop myself from swearing. I <laughs> I got so head up about this. I my it boyfriend was- of the week is Charlie Whiting because honest to God, like if that man was still here, Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one wouldn't have happened. This race wouldn't have happened this way. It, yeah, it's a shambles. R. 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 It's a shambles. Was my heart goes out to him. I'm yeah. sure. He's haunting Michael Massey
3: as
1: we speak.
2: <laughs> I started out my week thinking
3: that Max Verstappen in a wig would be my boyfriend of the
1: week. <laughs> oh yeah.
3: <laughs> Cuz Max Verstappen put on a blonde wig and like you mean Taylor Swift? He was looking kind of cute. Yeah, he looked like Taylor Swift. Like he had like this shoulder-length blonde wig on and he put his little Red Bull cap on top of his wig and like that's just not a thing you usually see from Max Verstappen. I bet his dad
1: <laughs> spoke to him after that. Yeah.
3: I, I bet he got a talking to talking to.
1: I agree.
3: That was going to be my boyfriend of the week and it still might be. But then I started watching the broadcast and Jensen Button was on the Formula 1 broadcast. And I as I have mentioned, Jensen Button ran the NASCAR race a week ago. And Jensen Button has gone full NASCAR. So he is on this broadcast and they had during one of the practice sessions they were having GPS issues. And nobody was going the right way like it was it was it was funny. Um so they're having GPS issues, and Jensen goes, you know what? You know what they have in NASCAR? Spotters. The spotters tell you where you are. They tell you where everybody else is. <laughs> I'm going to go to the driver's meeting, and I'm going to suggest that we get spotters. It's really therapeutic to have spotters. They tell you where you're at. And, like, he's just on board. Like, he's doing no. his
2: whole thing. This is so funny because I, intervi- no, I interviewed Jensen during that weekend, and I was talking to him spotters. about it. So he was – he no, he was upset that the – the cars, like when you're on a fast lap in NASCAR, they the don't, cars of ready, the don't have to move out of the way. So he's telling me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the driver's meeting and I'm gonna see who yells at me. <laughs> cause I'm gonna tell them that they have to move out of the way, cause that's just etiquette. <laughs> I love this man is just now dedicated to going to driver's meetings and causing chaos. And so he's talking about the NASCAR race and he's like spotters,
3: spotters, spotters. We need spotters, we need spotters. And then at a different point, they were asking him about the race and they were like, yeah, what was going on? He was like, lots of door banging. And I think it was Crofty response. You got to get your elbows out next time. And I was just like, this is so funny. Like, this is quite literally the goofiest thing I've ever heard. And I really loved it. So it's a tie between Max and a wig and Jensen talking about spotters.
0: Hell yeah. NASCAR
3: rookie, Jensen Button. Thank you so much for listening to the Donut Racing Show. We'll be back next week to talk about some of the wild sponsorships we've seen in previous seasons of Formula One.
1: In the meantime, make sure to subscribe and tell all your friends to tune in to the Donut Racing Show. And if you want to leave us a five star and kindly worded review, it really helps us out. Thank you.
2: If you're not familiar with Donut, we have a YouTube channel as well as an automotive history podcast called Pass Gas. So make sure you go check both of those out. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Donut Racing Show. If you want to follow Alanis, she is Alanis N King on Twitter and Instagram. Nolan is Nolan J Sykes on both. And I confusingly am Eliz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and Elize Blackstock on Instagram. I've tried to fix it. It won't happen. Thank you for listening.
3: Bye.